0: hey everyone welcome to the five one volleyball podcast the best place on the internet to follow the world of men's professional volleyball so i actually have a full podcast i recorded with everett that's gonna play after this intro Um, however we did have some technical difficulties i was recording up at my parents place for easter and i didn't have my setup with me so may not sound as good as the podcast usually does and also Some of the information is a bit outdated. We're kind of previewing Game 2s of the semifinals series in the Superliga. However, for those of you guys who are interested, we do go over some other topics. And it's kind of interesting sometimes to hear our predictions after the fact. Um, So I'm recording this after that crazy Modena versus Perugia Game 3 victory for Modena that lived up to all the hype. That was like another classic in this series with... Modena losing the first set on, you know, in my opinion, that double touch on Namir was a very strange call. Don't agree with it at all. I think the ref was gesturing that his his, his hands were closed, which it looked like from the replay they clearly weren't. So that was a potential set point for Modena that eventually Perugia came back and won. Uh, Engapet was, was crazy in this game. I don't think his stat line was incredibly impressive by the end, but also he had some great moments. Um, yeah, so anyway, Modena ends up winning 3-2 to after being down 2-0. What a performance from them. A lot of these sets went down to the wire. I would, except for except for the third set, the first set Modena won, was like 17-6 or something crazy at one point. So I would highly, highly recommend you guys go and check this game out, especially the end of the fourth set. It was 31-29 for Modena. And caught, uh, several potential match points for Perugia. Gianelli, in my opinion, had his best game of the series so far. He was running really well, yet, you know, he was contacting way above the net on a lot of his sets. He was doing a lot of like this running back sets to Soleil. Um, so, yeah, definitely a great performance from Gianelli. However, the rest of the team wasn't there. Uh, I haven't delved too far into the stats yet. I'm going to do that in preparation for the next podcast. But I assume, you know, Leon was okay. Anderson probably didn't have his best game either. We'll see. A lot of great moments in this. Ole Plotnitski had a clutch ace. Uh, Leon had a few great hits. Bruno, I I think, didn't have a great game again in this one, especially on the block. Like, Bruno's blocking is just so far away from where it used to be. But still no Liao in this one, if you guys kind of want an update in that situation. Still not sure exactly if he's potentially even going to come back for a game four. Martin Van Garderen ended up playing in this one instead of Swan Angapet, who played who played in the last game. So, uh, like, he didn't have a great game. However, he did have a couple pretty good moments, like playing in the back row, and a couple tips that scored. He still, you know, has a almost zero in attacking and serving, but that's not what he's there for. Um, so, yeah, I kind of like the Martin Van Garderen play here, and, I mean ended up with them getting the victory so well done Modena let's see this is going to be a great series still game four potentially Modena versus Perugia very excited for that one coming up this Sunday anyway that's enough of an intro here guys um if you still want to listen to it enjoy the talk that Everin and I had last Saturday right before Easter Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of 5-1 Volleyball Podcast. Once again, joined by Everett. Unfortunately, once again, not in person here, Everett. Uh, I guess Easter weekend, a couple things came up. I'm, I'm obviously not in, in Toronto right now, but, you know, we'll make the most of it. We still made a little time for podcasting here. It's going to be a shorter one today, though.
1: Yeah, a bit, of, a bit of a quick one, um, but it's been, man, it's been a busy week in in the world of volleyball. Yeah. A lot have been going on. Uh, we can't even get all, all, to all of it uh, today, so we're going to discuss a few topics. Um, but yeah, Dan, where do you want to start?
0: Um, let's start. Okay, there's a couple pieces of news we should go over quickly, and then we'll get over to the Italian League. First piece of news, Poland-Slovenia, men's world champs host, what do you think of
1: Great, love it. I mean, obviously, Poland—they have the history; they they can do it all. We, you know, you talked about Slovenia, um, how they're they're hosting Super vinyls. I can't remember if we were talking about host them hosting World Champs or it was, it was VNL. Or VNL that we were but, talking I mean, about I, World Champs. I think it was VNL. Yeah,
0: too right.
1: Exactly, and I mean, hey, obviously, you hold Slovenia in high regard. I think they're a great volleyball country. Um, they've shown it over the past decade with what is it, like three, um, three silver medals and a gold medal, uh, at the European championship, or sorry, three silver medals at the European championship. Right. So I think, I think it's great. Um, it should be good. Um, I guess also to add it, it, looks like Ukraine will be taking Russia's spot, uh, in the world championships as well, which, uh, I mean, is fitting for obvious reasons, but I mean, Hey, Ukraine has got a very, very good team. You guys got got guys like Yuri Gladner, uh, obviously Ole plot I, I think, I think they're going to do all well, but yeah, Poland Slovenia I think it's it's great um if anyone was going to be able to just step in last minute like that and host the world championships it's definitely Poland.
0: Yeah I mean they're, they they pretty much I think put an offer to host every single volleyball event like that's ever happened I'm pretty sure it's just a matter of when they get yeah. selected they, they have the infrastructure they have obviously they know they're going to sell sell pretty much every single game they have the built-in fan base um but yeah like I predicted Slovenia hosting super finals hosting a world champs I think it's great I think this Slovenian team like we saw last year at VNL could definitely still do some damage. Probably going to be pretty much the same lineup we've seen time and time again. You know, maybe one of the last the last runs with this group. I would say. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm happy for them, and I think it's going to go well. And I'm happy they found a host. Don't forget Dmitry Vietsky from on the Ukrainian team. Like they they've actually got some weapons. I'm I'm excited for for uh, and also the other Semenyuk, <laughs> If you remember. Yeah, too. you're right.
1: <laughs> yeah, there's a few different things there for, uh, for, for Ukraine. So, and obviously I think that they, they've just like, they have a lot of pride right now, right? They've, they've got Ukraine on any playing field has more to, to fight for than anyone else right now. Yeah. or th- than most other other countries i'm, I'm not going to say uh, anyone else uh, necessarily but for then for most countries right so yeah i think that they're going to come and they're they're going to come to to battle hard and i'm sure that they'll be crowd favorites in both poland especially poland right with yeah. that, the amount of uh, ukrainian refugees that, that are going on but i mean hey on the slovenia conversation too we're talking about this like golden generation that has really like grown the game for them with the earnout out bull, you know you know, so on and so forth. But also, like, let's talk about the fact that they have one of the best young superstars in the game with Rock Mozic, right? Like, they've... Not only do they have that, like, older generation, but they've got the, the support coming up through as well.
0: It's a big question, though, because Rock Mozic barely got any playing time at Eurovolley 19 with the same team. Another year of experience, obviously <laughs> huge. Playing in Super League is huge. Way more proven, but who do you knock? Do you knock off Renaud, or do you knock off Chebou off that starting lineup for him? Or even... even a, Put him in opposite instead of Ponchek Stern, which actually is a fair,
1: it's a fair, I mean, fair, fair I mean fair try as well. To to be honest, like I, I would start with Stern and Rosech in the year that Chabul and Erna fight fight over the uh the other one. I think Chabul's been having a bit of bit of a different, better season, slightly better than than, than Tina Erna. Uh but I mean hey you've got a guy scoring four hundred plus points in the Super Lega doing what he did. Like you know this is like how old was he three years ago? Right, two thousand nineteen was three years ago. It's on the twenty twenty one. World
0: Championship.
1: Sorry, it's year of volley twenty twenty one. I mean, hey, I think that was just silly, right? Uh and you've got him now. And you know, what? It, it it wasn't like he didn't do last year in the Super Lego what he did this year. Right. So yeah, like he's he he's stump- a bona fide star. In
0: he, Slovenia still, so it wasn't it wasn't quite the name brand he is now, but um now he is and now now I agree, you gotta make room for him. Okay, another piece absolutely. of news here, Everett. From Poland, uh, Gardini, coach Gardini, Srebji (laughs) Vigil fired, um, a classic, a classic volleyball move, I guess. Like, uh, only in volleyball, man, only only in volleyball. volleyball Are we going (laughs) to,
1: are we going to, I mean, like, Hey, overall, like they say that they, they're not happy with the way the team is performing. Um, like what they upset Lube in the quarterfinals, All make right. it to the semifinals, you know, lose to a better Zaxa team. Sure, they had breakdown against Gdansk at the end of the season there. Um, but I mean, hey, I think it starts really starting to show something about Gardini too. What was he let go for, Was it Piacenza last year or or, or uh, Monza that he was let go like before the season even started?
0: Yeah, yeah, I remember that. I think it was Piacenza. Yeah. <laughs> So you know what, like, I, I mean, I've
1: been saying it, like, I think that there's a whole, there's a whole, yeah. Like, yeah, it was, it was though. Um Yeah. Like I think there's a whole group of these old head coaches who are stuck in the past and like, aren't really as, as good anymore. Let's say. Um, Cause like how many of you see these old heads who just keep on getting recycled by different volleyball clubs and it, and it, and it doesn't work out. Right. So but, but why, yeah, why it, it, going, it, it, it should like, be interesting.
0: These guys, why? Like, are there only so many coaches <laughs> that like speak Italian to the players, or like?
1: Honestly, like, also, I I, I think oh, I partly think it's just that like most volleyball clubs are run by old heads as well. Like, no one's thinking to the future, right? No one's looking to be like, how are we developing? How are we developing new coaches? How are we developing good young coaches? Let's go elsewhere to see if we can find coaches. It's just let's see if we like what big name can we find. Is it going to stick? I don't know. We'll, we'll we'll figure it out. But yeah, it doesn't seem like there's much innovation in uh, in Europe in European uh, volleyball coaching.
0: Yeah, not so much. And also, I just disagree with the timing of it. I mean, literally, terrible like, what, what is the upside of firing a coach right now? Really.
1: Like I, I mean, maybe you can make the argument that it worked out for Lube and the Scudetto last year, right? Really, I, uh, I think
0: they won despite that, not because of it. what what what, what yeah. tactics are they going to implement in this time? What train new trainings are you going to have? Like literally, uh, maybe.
1: Yeah, I I I really don't know, but to me, like just the way that they worded it, you know, with how the team was was look, I can't re- remember exactly. I'd have to go back and look, but it just seems like something wasn't working, something wasn't jiving um, with with them. So yeah, I mean, hey. Like the, the the little time I got to spend uh, with Gardini, he he seemed nice back in back in 2012, but that was a that was a long time ago. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, it, it's just a mind-boggling move by, arguably, like not even arguably like a top club in, in Europe, and they're going to go out and fire their coach at well,
0: the hey, beginning of work, the playoffs. Three nothing today against Genk, so
1: there you go. <laughs> I mean if they're winning anything but three nothing, you know. And the the weird thing is that like they're just going to like the, the assistant head the assistant coach who's gonna be the interim guy. So I don't yeah, know. Um, it should be weird.
0: Well, anyway, that series is a one-one, some other good stuff going on in Plus Liga, but we'll probably get to that more on the nine by nine. Today we're gonna focus a little bit more on the Italian league, and probably this is gonna be probably the, the title thing, probably what most people are clicking on this podcast for. Uh <laughs> yes. crazy ending to Modena Perugia. Modena winning three one. And as, basically, as, as the teams were kind of scrumming at the end, Yoandi Liao coming in and, like, throwing a kick. If you guys haven't seen it, go watch the video right now before you listen to us rant about it. But Yohandi Liao throwing a kick. Some words were said. We don't know what was said. And, like, so much stuff has happened as a result. The main one being Yohandi Liao suspended four games as of right now, which means he would miss the entirety of this series. Um... Irvin Enkopet making posts accusing Dragon Travica of, of, of making racist remarks, then um, deleting them later. Uh, Travica yeah. threatening to sue for a libel, basically. <laughs> um, saying that, you know, these were completely false statements. Um, honestly, I, I didn't see that much tension during the match, so I was surprised when this happened.
1: Um, I, I've seen I've seen some clips and stuff like that. It seemed yeah. like there was some gying back and forth. Uh, throughout the game where a few different times, like both of them needs to be brought in and, and kind of be right. be told by their guys. Um, I mean, once again, it goes down to classic volleyball. The fact that our broadcast is so basic that no one's picking up on these like little details or if it was the NBA or NHL, you know, there'd be multiple cameras honed in on them. Um, there's, to be honest, for this one, I think there's, there's a lot to unpack. Yeah. Um, a, like how is this kind of allowed to happen you know like he like went under the net and was was talking and they seemed to be kind of casual and you know to me like that type of reaction has to warrant something something to to, to add side tool right um and we're seeing it now that like that the whole thing with Engapath where he posted basically calling at tragica or Travika uh uh a racist um because in, in our Discord chat, we were kind of discussing about how right after it happens, Angapeth like, runs over and, and kind of tries to get him to stop and, and, and get him away. And everyone was kind of like, well, you know, if there had been a racist remark made in that in that situation, um, then like Angopath would have been on Leal's side. Right. But maybe he hadn't heard it. So there's there's just a, a lot there to unpack. Um, to me, also the whole reaction to it as well, like right away a four-game suspension, and what is it a three hundred and eighty dollars fine or euro fine for for Lube, which is or yeah Lube or Perugia, which is just absolutely insane, like. It's like a parking ticket, basically, like a like a speeding oh, ticket. Yeah. No, something we
0: didn't mention earlier was the the fans of Perugia throwing throwing things at, you know, at Leo, which was part of, I think, what prompted this response.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It looks like one of the uh, the, the Modena um, photographers was hit in the head with something and and, and was bleeding. Um, to me, it was like a very what did it, it happened on Wednesday and by Thursday we already had a. A decision on what the, the suspension was and stuff um and if there is these accusations of racism being said why isn't there some sort of inquiry like why isn't there some sort of why isn't this being looked into uh, a little bit more um but on the other side of things and like let's be honest we're talking about dragon Trevitza here who's one of the biggest shitheads in volleyball yeah like, like, let's, just, let's just let's just go out like and say it probably him. if if anyone's if anyone's going to go up and do something like that it's it's probably him if anyone if i was going to pick anyone to volleyball to be racist it would probably be dragon treviza like
0: I, I mean he's I mean, just like i don't want to accuse him like of anything when, when when you know we don't know what happened but
1: um yeah you're you're not wrong but yeah it's just a weird situation overall the fact that like i don't know like if, if i was modena if I was any of the other guys, like, I saw, like, Stankovic and, and and guys, like, holding back. Like, go grab your boy, stop him, drag him to the dressing room because now, like, Modna just shocked everyone, beats Perugia handily in the first match, right? They go absolutely off. And now you can argue the season is – the series is good for them, right? Mm-hmm. Unless they somehow – unless they somehow appeal this decision – by the by, the Lego Volley and reduce it to at least two games, right? Like, what do you think Van Garderen or or Swan Angapeth are going to be able to step in? I mean, to, that's to the issue in?
0: is that they ha- like they have really no one. That Martin Van Garderen, who's barely played this season, he's you know he's very sparingly as as, as a backup, like usually only in reception. And think about it, what got what like 35, 36 sets that game. Um, you can't give Martin Van in 36 sets. You're going to lose 100% of the time. You you can give him like 15, like on like, you know, single blocks, like good coverage situations. And even then, like, you're like, so what are you going to do? Like, what are they going to do? They have to give Namir 50 sets. They're going to have to run Mizone and Stankovic way more, which they're already trying to avoid. Um, They definitely had a winning strategy doing a very even distribution between Engapet, Namir, and Lial in that first game. And mm-hmm. they can't that do that. Out. So I agree, Everett. I think like I think it's it sounds like they are trying to appeal the decision. To me, a four game suspension in the playoffs is on un- like ridiculous for this type of, of event. He, you know, if we see comparable things in the NBA, like we have Nikola Jokic shoving a guy from behind and causing him whiplash, and he got he lost one game in the regular season. Like I don't think I don't think Leal, had any harm? I mean, I don't think he, did he even connect with anyone. It was a pretty, it was a pretty. Uh, it, it, minor, it looked like, like he connected with.
1: It actually looked he connected with Mengozi. Okay. mangozi who's who was who was there was who was kind of in between, but not in a like he wasn't defending the situation. Right, he was kind of. It looked like he had like a ball and like maybe a towel in his hand. He was just kind of like what because Leal was like had a coach in front of them and then kind of shoved the coach away. And that's when he went after them. And yeah, like it didn't really land. No one got injured. Um,
0: like, I think it, it deserves, seems to me. I think it deserves one game for sure. One game and then. Absolutely. That's
1: it, one, maybe, maybe two. Maybe. Because it, had, it was a situation where like it shouldn't have happened at all. But that's, that's the other side of it to me is that look, it shouldn't have happened at all. So why did it? Right. What prompted that? Like and now we're seeing like these these quasi like racist remarks. We're not entirely sure. Like Leal hasn't come out and said anything, you know. Like you've got a lot of you got a lot of color on that team. With like, you got Leal, you got the Namir, you got Angipath. Um, So you know you got three black players there who would take offense to that, right? So it's it's there's it's interesting to me the fact that we've seen Angapath came out to come out the way that he did to delete everything. And then it's just been a silence on the side of Modena. So that to me kind of indicates that they're planning on appealing and kind of putting it, are going to put it all together in the case of the appeal, as opposed to being, you know, out in the public talking about it.
0: Yeah. Which is how it should be. Whatever. Do behind closed doors. Um, don't, don't muddy the waters like Inga was trying to do on social media there. Cause that's, that's not going to help your case ever. Even if maybe you're right. Um, yeah so I mean yeah like I agree, definitely one game maybe two. Uh, I hope he gets appealed, makes a more competitive series, hopefully players learn that there's and especially for me because it was between players like if 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 Leal was going at a fan, for example, I think that would 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 warrant a longer suspension like what was given 100%. Um, but given that it's between players and and you know we don't know what was said, no one was hurt. I don't know, but it just
1: it it just wraps it up for me that just like. This is what people call volleyball soft, you know, not only that, like, you give four four games for, like, a kick that doesn't even land, that, you know, wasn't even a real kick, then you find the other team for fans throwing stuff on the court and possible re- racist remarks $380, like, I'm sorry, like I, I, I guarantee you, the Perugia owner is just gonna pay that in cash, and he like, you know, like Lego Volley comes up to me, he's like, it's gonna be this fine, he's like, don't worry, he's five hundred dollars, it's all good, right? Like, like, th- like three hundred and eighty dollars, and we're this is the best league that we have in our sport. It's just like, literally, fines in the OVA, the Ontario Volleyball Association, are more than that.
0: Yeah, and they, and I mean they got to do a better job controlling the crowd because I'm sure that was escalating before it happened. Anyway, bad situation, bad look yeah. all around. Hopefully, hopefully you know we have a, still have a competitive series because I think this series has a ton of potential. We saw some great moments in that in that first game, and yeah, I, I think Modena could, like has going to be fired up for that second one. Could still win it, especially given the way Perugia played. Um, you know, we saw we saw a lot of Ole Plutnitsky there instead of Matt Anderson. I was kind of interesting.
1: Anderson, um, Anderson was bad. He Anderson he was, was really bad. Up and
0: down recently. Yeah, he
1: has been really up and down recently, and it's it's I mean it's sad because we we're seeing the the downfall of like it's it's weird. We're almost kind of seeing like this is this is a few bad losses for Perugia in a row now, right? With the Champions League losses to Trentino and then. This now it's like this. Everything looks so good for Perugia now they're just unraveling. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's there's a lot going on. So the next we're, game
0: we were calling them what the most stacked team to ever be assembled at the beginning of the season with giannelli and Leon and Rich licky and Matt Anderson and all these all these guys. Hasn't, I mean, still still could turn it around. You know, it's a five game series, but yeah, this is this is a tough look. Um, so game two happening on Sunday, I'm sure we'll talk about it on the nine by nine next week. Um how about the other one, Everett? Lube and Trentino. Another surprise.
1: If I had told you at the beginning of the of the season that we might have a Trentino Modena final, right? Like that's what that's what the series are at right now. After yeah. two or one game series, that's that's where we'd be at. We'd have a, a Trentino Modena final. Would you have believed me?
0: At the, at the beginning of the season, well, I, I mean, I thought Modena was going to be good at the beginning of the season. If you ask me, like a month I, into the season, whether I thought that, yeah, that would be very surprising.
1: Fair enough. Yeah, um, it, yeah, it was a it was a crazy one. Um, I mean, at times it looked like in the second set it looked like Lube was gonna was gonna level things up, right? Like well, they were up, well ahead, 18,
0: thirteen and nineteen fifteen, I think.
1: Yeah, I, for sure, it was just it was just a huge breakdown from them. Um, well, in the, the uh, and
0: had that serving in, run, got an ace, you know, forced a couple couple tough passes, um, and then every you know my the most frustrating thing for me, the most frustrating player, Jiri Kovar. <laughs> why, why was he subbed in at that exact moment? Like Man, I think three I, unforced no attacking years and a miss serve immediately when he came in. Free ants. And yeah, it it was bad. And he did the same thing in the third set as well, where he came in and immediately unforced attacking air, Mr. Like I I don't understand. Yeah, but I don't understand. It
1: was it it was such a back and forth one and like for example, it was like in the third set, like Trentino was off running. And I mean, they had just come from behind to win the, uh, the, the second. And then they're up seven They were three. up eight th- or eight three. Yeah. They're, they're, up, they're up eight, three uh, even. But then once we got to the end of the court, like, end, like Lube was up 21, 20 and it looked like they were going to be able to take it. But man, this Trentino team is just so even, and so good. Like Matej Kaczynski was lights out in this one, 14 for 24. Michalato was, was all right. Eight, eight for 20, but I mean, they still had f- hit 54% as a team. Yeah. Right. And they were very, very efficient. Only five errors compared to to Lube's 10 only three uh, blocked three times compared to, to, to Lube's, uh six. And it's just right now, Trentino is just playing a full team game. They're playing every side of the ball. So, so well, um, and we're seeing all of these other big teams, these big names who have some weaknesses, right? Like Yant was was very average. Lucarelli was not great as well. Only eight for 15. Like you're giving Lucarelli only 15 attempts. Like what's going on at Lube right now?
0: Yeah, well, I mean, Dececo De was running around a lot. He was, you can tell he was tired in a three set game. He was tired by the third set. I think that was tough for him. Uh Zaitsev, again, also made a lot of unforced attacking errors. Um. yeah I, I don't know what this Lube team and, and like you said I think the blocking difference between these two teams was massive um huge Lube you know we don't talk didn't, we haven't talked about this that much I think but really not the strongest blocking team this year and I think that I think that gave them trouble in the Champions League as well I think uh Robert Landy Simon I think he's still incredible attacker incredible server but I think he's he's been a bit slower in the block this year you could see even even uh commit blocks against uh, against Pedrashen and Liz actually wasn't really getting much and Lube was throwing up way more single blocks this game than than Trentino was where you have you know, Liz and Podrashen flying side to side um, setting up some really nice seals really nice blocks and you know that forced Lube you know they were trying to go off hands but they, they weren't connecting you know they were getting a lot of continuations and than Trentino, no. Even if it took them four or five times, they they were converting a lot of those longer rallies. So, yeah, kudos. To and
1: that's this. I'm seeing the same thing from Trentino as uh, against Lube and against Perugia. And if you think about Trentino's past few weeks, like the teams that they've had to play with Piacenza and Perugia, and now Lube, like they're just going through the gauntlet. <laughs> And they're looking so good. I, they, they find so much success in initiating rallies. They're not a side out dependent team. And I'd love to see that their side out percentage, because I'm pretty sure it's pretty, pretty low, but they do a really, really good job at initiating rallies. And, they have a really, really good block defense relationship. They always seem to be a, a, pl- a step ahead of the play. They know exactly what's going to be happening. It looks like they're scouting other teams impeccably because they know exactly what's happening in out of, out, of, out of system situations. That's what That to me is, is where they're winning games. They're forcing other teams to be out of system and then they're playing fantastic defense. This is why we're seeing the block numbers uh, um, against them like, only six in this, but they it was only a three match. So you're offering, averaging two blocks a set, which isn't bad at all, right? I would love to see the dig numbers for them because they're making plays in the back row and then they're transitioning it. That's the advantage of having that three outside system with uh, with Micheleto, Kaczynski, and, uh, and Lavia. And I mean, hey, we even saw Cavuto get in there a, a couple times as well too. Um, but they're just so dynamic. And it's so weird to say, but... It, they're the most complete roster of any of the super legged teams. Like you, with the monsters that they have in the middle, the options that they have on the outside, Spertoli is just doing a really good job of keeping everyone even and everyone engaged. Like it's, it's, it's crazy to me to watch this Trentino team right now.
0: Yeah. They're doing really well. Their uh, transition phase efficiency. I just looked it up 31%. So not bad. Efficiency on on the season. So not bad for transition.
1: so their their transition efficiency is like just below other teams like side out efficiency.
0: Well, sideout I would say side out forty, like 40 to forty five percent efficiency usually.
1: First, ball yeah, but that's one, okay. Yeah. But a bad, bad team's a bad team's uh side out efficiency, let's say.
0: Yeah, yeah, sure. Okay. <laughs> no, it's still it's still really impressive. And, and yeah, the dig numbers are crazy. Spertoli is like you know and also they control their digs quite well, which I think is something like they do. You know, Lube was getting a lot of digs, but you know, then Cheko was having to run position five to try and do like a crazy kneeling back set or, or, or something like that. Whereas, you know, Trentino was you know getting it up around the middle of the court, you know, and then you have two solid options with either side of the wing. So that's a way better that's a way better you know side or transition play than 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 what Lube was getting up. And yeah, Trentino looking pretty good here.
1: Dan, I'm, I'm gonna you're, you're an NBA fan like I am right now in the nba i think we're seeing that transition from the old guard to the new guard right lebron doesn't make the playoffs russ Book's struggling harden isn't what he used to be these players that we've grown to love over the past you know 10 15 years aren't what they used to be now we're seeing the jokic's the Embiid's, uh, the Giannis's is going off are we seeing the same thing in volleyball right because you've got this these you got these teams with the modnas who have struggled this year, Perugia, who are struggling right now, Lube, who are struggling right now, and they're filled with the best players in, 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 a, in volleyball, right? The players who have like punctuated this sport over the past 10, 15 years, and yet arguably the best team in all of volleyball right now is a team with three youngsters or sorry like who are led by a bunch a bunch of youngsters and one old head like are we seeing the new age like that new generation of volleyball starting to take over and and starting to control it
0: I think I think so definitely to a certain extent I mean you see in the women's game as well how many of the best players are very young and how they play a little differently than the players before them I think sports are always cyclical like that I mean you know you always have old generation coming to the new generation I do think we have a lot of I guess stars that are that are close to the end of their prime, if not already on the decline. Um so we're definitely gonna see a lot of new fresh faces coming up soon. Um <laughs> definitely, but another, you know, guy who who would have helped a lot this game, another guy at the end of his prime, uh, no Monterena still on this one. So I mean that he for me that this game would the dynamic would have been completely different, especially because like, you know, you wouldn't have to go Yance and Covar if you had Monterena there uh, on on Wednesday or Thursday. Is that is that who
1: Kovar was coming in for Luccarelli? Because
0: Jan overall coming in for Yance. but I'm yeah, saying okay, they didn't knows. have Wantarena, so like they probably would have Luccarelli Wantarena.
1: Yeah, you're you're not wrong. I mean, yeah, obviously you could you can make that uh, that argument, but hey, when's the last time we saw Wantarena play? Like last season? No, right? I mean, we saw him a little I mean, bit of Champions at the, League. Yeah, but actually play. Okay. You know, I mean, like I mean, that's I mean, like, like he played but he's kind of like hobbling out there like he's not he's I'm not he's, back to he what had, he had was couple, you know had a
0: couple of nice matches uh, unless I'm, I'm mistaken
1: i think he i don't think he started any matches i think he came in off the bench and even if he did i don't think he stayed in the entire time i don't think he's played an entire match since his since his uh since his injury
0: well juan terena had 11 points and 13 points against monza uh, he had 13 points led the team against Milano uh last game against Perugia he had 11 points um,
1: okay never mind I'm, <laughs> I'm obviously I'm, wrong. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm so wrong but hey like he's not he's clearly not like if they're going to the bench to yuri Kovar Wantarena is not healthy
0: yeah but he could be soon hopefully that's what I'm yeah hopefully yeah
1: I mean hey for for the, uh, if and if he's not like are we looking at a sweep here
0: Oh, I no, I think I think Lube comes back and and, and makes us a series, but I'm feeling a lot better about Trentino than I was before. Let's say that.
1: I've like flip flopped, like for some reason I just kept on a, like Trentino to fail this year.
0: Overall, I think, you know Lube can get back in the series for sure. It's not over, yet, especially once Rienna comes back, but I'm feeling a lot better about Trentino than I was before. What about you, Everett?
1: Yeah, no, I'm feeling really good about Tino. You know, I love watching play. I love the way that they play. Um yeah, it's it's just it's just fun overall. They play like a team any day. Like it could be Kaczynski. it could be uh it could be Lavia, it could be obviously Mikeleto. Uh, and then both down the middle. like I found and had a really, really good game um in this one. He went eight eight for nine with a block, and the block was a big solo block down the yeah. middle. So yeah, like I you know what? Like um, my team to win right now is like in my power rankings, Trentino's number 1.
0: Wow. Bold. Like like how could they not be? i to argue against it though. How could they not be?
1: They like, they just beat Perugia in a two game series. They just beat Lube, right? They're in the scu- they're in the championship final. They'self like they're leading their Scudetto semifinal. Like how could they not be the best team in the world
0: right now? Fair enough. So, in contrast to the best team in the world, ever, Yes. We're gonna talk about our most disappointing teams of the season. Um, mm-hmm. You can have a few, you can have one. We'll do it any which way. You can start us off with uh, your most disappointing team teams.
1: I have uh, teams from a few different countries.
0: Okay, I like it. I've,
1: I've thought about this one. Um, we're gonna start in Italy. Uh, I think we know. We all know where we're going to go with this. It has to be Vivo Valencia. Um, but a team that was fifth place last year, fourth place last year actually in the regular season, they went out and had a monster offseason. They pick up three Brazilians and Yuji U- U- Nishida. And then everything just fell, fell apart. Um, clearly... They were just, you know, this is once again, we had that conversation earlier about old heads in volleyball who don't really know what's going on. They're not following things. They just go for big names, right? It's a very much a European soccer style of doing things, right? Let's not look at the analytics. Let's not look at, let's not watch these players and see how they play and how they're going to be able to work together. Are they going to be able to jive with our setter? Are they going to be able to to work together as a team? No, let's just, these, you know, these are all big names. They're all good players. Let's just jumble them together. And it's, it's bound to taste good. You know, that type of salad, salad situation. Um, and yeah, Vivo, Vivo was just bad. So I, I don't, we've talked about it so much this year. I don't think we really need to go into it too much. Now, moving over to Poland, hands down my most disappointing team has to be Vova You know, a chance league team this year that ended up finding themselves on the outside of the playoffs. How? You know, this is a team that was pretty talented on paper, coached by Andre Anastasi. They've got a big budget. What's happening? Why aren't you making the playoffs? So uh, that's number two. Number three, we're going to have over to France and we are going to go with the dumpster fire. That is Con, because con won the league last year. They go to champions league and then probably are the worst team in the league and are going to are to be relegated. So like that's how could a they very different team it?
0: that was in champions league though, or the very different team last year.
1: A hundred, a hundred percent it is, but it's still disappointing, right? Like, you're going to follow up like you're going to qualify for champions league and put together that dumpster fire of a roster. Like it's weird. And then the whole like connection between Khan and Vivo they Heather, just kind of trading players, you know, with, uh, with from, and, uh, who's the other guy too, that I'm blanking on right now. Uh, the Italian guy, um, doesn't really matter. Yeah. That's, that's an, how inconsequential they are. Right. So it's just, well, what's, what's going on over here. Um, now, we're going to head over to Germany now. And this one is going to be a little bit different and maybe a little controversial. But um, one of my most disappointing teams in Germany is going to be Friedrichshafen. And I mean, you can be like, how are they most, the most controversial? Like they won the uh, they won the German Cup and they're in the finals. But just it hasn't been our regular Friedrichshafen Season they just haven't been as good. I mean, let's say that they got maybe got a little bit lucky by taking down Berlin in the the semifinals of the German Cup, and then uh, as disappointing as they are this this year, you know they're they're still better than than Duren to be able to make it in. But yeah, Schaffen would be my most disappointing team from Germany.
0: Yeah, so I mean, with Friedrichshafen and Khan, for me, it's both kind of the same thing. I don't know. I don't know if I would consider them disappointing because. You could look at their rosters before the season started, and you're like, okay, this is not at all the same caliber of roster for Khan that like was so good last year. This is not, you know, this is a regular Friedrichshafen roster. Like you have Voinikatich. I love Voinikatich, but he's not like he's not going to be the guy who's like leading you to the promised land in in the Champions League, right? So I mm-hmm. feel like you know the expectations weren't weren't there for those clubs this season. I definitely agree with you on for That was one of my teams. I mean, they got a bit unlucky with injuries later on, but you cannot blame everything on there. I think Igor Grabeni was very disappointing. So strange that they had Blancanel and, and, and Trinidad De Harold. Just like from a roster construction point of view, that team was weird. Um, you know, a lot of positional battles didn't make sense to me. Um, Italy, yeah, Vibo disappointing. For me, another disappointing team was Piacenza. Um, I thought they they were really going to compete like with the top dogs this year. I thought they were going to, you know, 15 and 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 nine. Like they're going to win a lot of games. Ended up going 12 and 12 with with some stinkers in there, losing some bad teams. Um, mm-hmm. you know, you had Antoine Bizarre, you had Addison Legomzija, you had Aaron Russell, you had all, all these fantastic players. And you know, I, I felt like they just performed below expectations almost consistently. They did all right in the playoffs, you know, but the games that they lost against. Trentino, they lost pretty badly. So um, I would say Piacenza. Let's see again and next year. Um, other than that, yeah, I, I would pretty much agree with, with with your disappointing teams. But for me, Piacenza c- could have done a lot better. They had the talent.
1: Is Piacenza also struggling from stooge coach Itis, right? Yeah, because like, like, like sure, you can make the argument that they had some issues with with keeping Boogia healthy, yeah. right? And that's, that's a big one, especially the way that he started the season. Like mean, he looked like he was moving so hot. It was yeah. a lot like last year when he was with Monza. started the season hot, then got into injury trouble and, and kind of tapered off. So, I mean, on a side note, that's going to be another thing that we'll be able to watch with Adis legumjia because when he's healthy, he could be legitimately one of the best in the world, right? Basically, he's the Turkish Politaev right now, um, just to jump jump jumble him in with the, the rest of those of the opposites in the world. Um, but then on the other side, like with bernardi you had this like you know embarrassment of riches really with your outside group um with aaron russell and rachine and rasad and even olegov like all four of those guys could have been interchangeable but he didn't do anything with them he didn't try anything new he didn't try anything out like we didn't get to see aaron russell until game 2 of the playoffs and he had a a fantastic game, but then just obviously wasn't ready. Like didn't have the stamina in him and didn't have it in him to be able to play back to back to back games or back to back games like that. Um, It's just like, why aren't you trying something new? You're, you're struggling. Like, like it's the definition of anxiety is trying the same thing and expecting a different result. And that's what I think we're seeing uh, with Piacenza here. Just pure insanity from Bernardi.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. Some tough coach decisions, and I think he made the wrong one most of the time, unfortunately. Um, it's it's tough though, you know. Uh, especially, I, I feel like I feel like the roster construction has to be a little more straightforward. And like, why do you need four like top level outside hitters? Just you know, <laughs> it just results in these weird situations where these good players are benched. There's resentment. Like it's, it gets weird. It's volleyball's a tough sport like that. Like there's not. There's not a lot of space for bench players like there is maybe in a basketball or, or a hockey, right? Um, so I'd, I'd,
1: I'd like if if I do have one complaint about volleyball, but let's be honest, I have many complaints about volleyball. Uh, it would definitely be that. Like I would love to see. This is part of the reason why I love American women's NCAA ball so much because you have more substitutions in. So you see, you know, the roster isn't a six or seven-person roster, seven. But obviously, with the libero, it goes much deeper than that. You're using people in more specific scenarios, and 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 I like that vibe from volleyball.
0: Okay, yeah, I think I think we've been over that one before. And I, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I'm still on the fence a bit with that one. Um, Fair enough. Anyway, I've heard- I think that's going to do it for today. Thank you for yep. joining me. Happy Easter! Thank that you for having me. You too. Listening to the podcast.
1: And happy, happy Passover as well.
0: Ha- yep. If, happy Passover. Yeah.
1: If, if if you are of the the Jewish faith, um, and I don't know if the any other people celebrate anything this weekends either.
0: Or just enjoy your long weekend because you probably have a long weekend now anyway. So there you go. Yeah.
1: yeah. All right, guys. Enjoy and make sure to tune into the 9 by 9 on uh, Tuesday at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time.